listening to Chad and Derek Talk Politics, mostly. The podcast where we cover politics at all levels and throw in talks about culture and events in our area. All right, well, we're back with another episode of Chad and Derek Talk Politics, mostly. And it's mostly because that's not the only thing we talk about. We also talk about things that are going on in our area. Usually, uh, we give you about four days' notice. That's probably, what you'll get. <laughs> That's probably what you'll get this time. But there should be, you know, last week when we talked, there were, what, four or five things going on? There were. I would expect maybe this would be just a little bit busier this weekend. That might be wrong. But the first thing that's happening on this site that uh, I go to shows Prophets and the Outlaws are going to be appearing at the, guess where? The Iron Horse Pub. Oh, I was thinking the casino, but. Uh-huh. Ah, Wichita Theater is still presenting the Hunchback of Notre Dame. They'll be doing that on July 4th, the day we celebrate our independence. I can't talk. It looks like, uh, where is Festival Park? Anybody know? I don't know. I don't know where Festival Park is. Probably out by the base. But we're going to be celebrating the 4th in the Falls on July 4th from 6 to 10 p.m. At Festival Park? There's a salsa competition that day from 6 to 10 p.m. And it looks like it's going to actually be there. Let's see here. July 8th. That's going to be after the week. Wow. I was mistaken about how busy this weekend would be. It looks like Riverbend on Thursdays got Riverbend Nature Center's got to celebrate summer as part of their Thursday nature program. I know if you've got young kids, they would probably really enjoy that because mine did when when they were young. Uh, July 9th, um, huh? Parade of Homes is coming up. What is that? Is that, is that Friday? Is that Friday? Yeah. Is that just Friday or is that Friday and Saturday? It's two weekends in a row. Two we- Wow, like Friday, Saturday, and then Friday, Saturday again? No, Friday, Saturday, oh. Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, man. So <laughs> Don't worry, you, I don't have a home in it this year. If you have not... Uh, man, if... I have a beautiful slab board right now, though. That, that is a beautiful slab. And, and the grass around it doesn't look bad either now. That's right. You know, I would say if... Uh, there's a lot of other good homes, some good builders in there that will have some homes. Man, the Parade of Homes is just, I've been to it, like, just to tour it, and uh, the wife and I hooked up with, uh, I don't even know how that happened, with some realtor a few years ago and sat and, like, in one of his homes to tell people about it, Which and both of those experiences were really cool, and it's kind of neat, some of the some of the stuff that people are putting in homes. It's just really, it's cool. And if anybody wants tickets, they can uh, text me or something. Text you. I'm sure all of you listening have his number. So right. you can text Get him or somehow. you can actually look for uh, Chad and Derek Talk Politics mostly on Facebook and send a message and it, right. should, it should go to both of us. And All proceeds will be benefiting uh, Habitat for Humanity and the... Uh, uh, construction program at the Career Center. And you get to see some really cool houses. You get to see some, some good stuff. We've got I've some, already had a preview. We've got some talented builders around here. And you're one of them. 
We've got some talented builders around here that do really good work. When uh, you know, every year I want to put a home in it, and and somebody buys it and goes, "No, you can't. We want to live in it first. Well, <laughs> maybe you should have put a slab in it. Parade of slabs. I tried. I told them. I said, "I have a slab." We need a parade of slabs next year. We can have that like in uh, March. Um, I will tell you that me and uh, uh, old Tanner Waxman were talking, and we suggested doing like the reveal like they do on the uh, that show with uh, Chip oh, and Joanna. Yeah. And I could do like a printout of what the house would look like on those and then reveal just the slab. Just the slab. Yeah. Well, I would think that you would do the show and you would talk about, you would like do an interview while you're standing on the slab and then you would actually do the reveal. Yeah, but people people come and go. Right. So it'd be hard to do like every five seconds with people coming and going. Well, that's true. That's true. But hey, there are a lot of good homes in there. There are. A lot of good stuff. That's where I've seen some things. And I'm just like, what? You can do that in the house? It's pretty cool. Yeah, you can do anything. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I went in one and had to walk over a, a bridge that went over some a creek going through somebody's living room. Yeah. Well, I will tell you for sure, I will not do that in my houses. No creeks in your houses? Uh, I think I'd have to pass on creeks. I mean, it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was fake, but you know. I have i have heard of jails that have spring mountain spring water running through them because the jail was blasted into the side of a mountain in Arkansas. <laughs> That'd be cool. I think they play banjo music there to uh, entertain the inmates. All right. All right. So that's what's going on. Um, if you're looking for something to do, this is a weekend that you should probably spend a little bit of time being thankful for this uh, country that we live in. It's so free, and you're so able to do just pretty much anything you want to. That's not necessarily true. Uh, you're right. I might have had a smidge of sarcasm in there. Oh, I mean, I started the day off pretty happy, but, you know, obviously you've taken over in the afternoon. I have taken over in the afternoon? Yeah. Well, it's just that, you know, I look at some, before we even start, I look at some of the things that are going on and I'm like, I wonder how Ben Franklin or Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, I wonder how these guys would react if, if they saw some of that, if they were aware of some of the things that were going on, like. They'd probably I, go, oh, the king's back. I think like. Brought a lot of people with him. Yeah. I mean, we said it last week after watching that show. I don't know that any of those guys I just named would be okay with the concept of the government going, okay, you can build an airplane, but you can't build it and fly it. I, I, right. I don't think they'd be okay with it. And, and I don't know that we do. You know what's funny, though, about that? If you look back in history and you look at, like, um, the Rockefeller fellers, you look at the uh, the J.P. Morgans. You look at Dupont. Every time the governor or government tried to make them poor, it it only made them richer. Well, right. They knew how to work. <laughs> they knew how to work their freedom. I mean, yeah. Rockefeller. Rockefeller. They split up his company, which essentially made him a multi-billionaire at the time. You know, do do we do that? same approach to anything else in this country 
you can build a computer, but you can't use one. Build a tractor, but you can't use one. Um, well, you want to make TVs, that's some, fine, but you're not allowed to watch them. There's some good, um, and, and it's probably for another another show, but there's some interesting um, uh, legal stuff going on right now with like John Deere. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the tractors have gotten so advanced that they have a, you if you work on them, it voids everything, and we're not going to do anything on it anymore. And that's kind of that kind of makes sense, in I mean in a war in regards to a warranty, right? But but the farmers are going, hey, wait a minute. But if you're going so far as you need to uh, bring it into a you know certified dealer to change the tire, or if you're wanting to swap, I mean. If you want to change implements while you're in the middle of your work day, you need to take it to a dealer. I mean, there's got to be a line somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the big thing is is that the dealerships are charging them so much money just to do basic stuff that they could do themselves. Yeah. And the problem is is the farmers starting to lose money, and they're going, we, we can't pay you to do that when so we can do it ourselves. Maybe tell uh, John Deere to stuff it. That's not just John Deere. I mean, it's a pretty big lawsuit that I've been reading about. So is it the is it a class action on the farmer's behalf? Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, it's your. the The flip side of that is it's yours. If 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 you want to do the work and void the warranty, then it's yours. I mean, they're not saying you can't do the work, right? They're saying if you do the work, you will probably void your warranty. Um, yeah, pretty much. The problem is is that you have to have software to do a lot of stuff. Right. So every time you have to take to a dealership to adjust the software or something, because of what you've done, then that's where the money's involved. So you do an old change, you know, in a car, you can reset it. Well, right. you can't reset it on a tractor without that software. Oh, you can't even like turn the ignition on I, and I don't know 14 times and push on the up. gas and then lift the three point up. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know specifics, but it's stuff like that. So they're getting pretty upset about it. But I mean, I'm cool. But you know, for the warranty part, if somebody called you six months after they moved into one of your new homes and complained about something, you went over there and found out that they installed a new doorway and had to reroute the plumbing they were griping about, probably be like, uh, that's not my work. Wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, and so. But I, the difference would be, the difference would be for, for them to buy the house and then me to go, Hey, you know how you're still wanting water? Yeah. You're going to have to go ahead and pay me to give you some more water. Right. Yeah. And then, then I'll tell you what, you can have some for a little bit, but then if you need some more after that, you're going to have to pay me again to get the some only more people water. that can turn your water on is me. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That'll be an interesting lawsuit to watch. Yep. Wonder if, uh, what if you go out and do uh, road work on your local roads? If man, I I got mud holes in front of my house now, and I live inside a city with over a hundred thousand people. You did do a good. Uh, what do you want to call it? What you did this morning? Uh, it was just took a little video. A drive test, video yeah. test. Yeah, and I, you know what? I haven't even watched it. Yeah, I haven't even watched it, but uh, I. I did have to drive 30 in a 50 in order to avoid careening off the road wildly out of control. It's not really careening. It, it's you wanted to avoid hitting a bump that would throw your truck over <clears throat> 10 feet to the side of the road. Yeah. 
which has literally happened multiple times on the road that that's in question yeah that's uh i'll tell you what mine i i'm not gonna knock my uh city councilman or the traffic department because i haven't made contact with them but i'm gonna have to do it pretty soon because it was it's bad i mean i haven't ever driven and like splashed mud out of a hole in a residential road before i did that today all right yeah tax dollars got to go somewhere unless you're uh now you know austin won't be fixing their roads with any tax tax dollars from sales taxes anyway well they could assuming they don't spend it all on security from dps i i see that uh i see that some of their stuff's gonna some of their tax revenues fixed to go away maybe did you see that yeah they'll funnel it uh governor abbott will funnel it instead of back to austin it'll go to the dps now you know uh it's a good idea and i agree i think that's a great thing i was looking there's a story in december the 22nd of december of last year that uh where abbott let austin know that the draft language for the law to transfer control of the of apd to the dps has been drawn up so i wonder if that's coming up as the next uh is that going to be the next thing if this doesn't work out too well they're going to go you know what you just you don't even have a police department anymore we've got well, i think i think uh i think i really think they need to put a recruiting dps recruiting center right next door to the police station yeah yeah and special those guys can just walk out offer sign on over there sign up they should offer sign on bonuses for lateral transfers from other local agencies yeah oh if you're uh apd and your people are treating you like garbage then we'll give you an extra x amount of dollars and come sign up to be the dps austin metro division and you yeah, know, I, right now, go ahead. I talked to I talked to one of the DPS officers at the Capitol when I was down there. What now? Three months ago, maybe two months ago. Yeah. And I asked him how they were doing it. He was from about an hour south of Austin, but he said that all over the state they were having to do six week rotations. And so he was there for six weeks. Then he would rotate out, and somebody else right. from somewhere else in the state would come in and rotate in. So. I'm sure they're going to fill it that way short term, but yeah, long term, they're going to have to hire more people. Yeah. Well, and kind of like we were talking earlier today, I, it might not be quite as clear cut if this was uh, some other city, but that's our state capital, and you can't have our state capital uh, as being a center where there's no law and order you know you have you have to have that there where our our state representatives and our senators and the governor and all those uh sorry all those petty bureaucrats that do the work of the state they need to be able to go to work and do that stuff safely and they don't need to have to worry that the local city is going to go we're not going to have any police that's just not only that i mean i was down there before they started or or tightening the screws on that there were a lot of homeless people, a lot of homeless camps. You had people panhandling. I mean, just about every street corner, somebody was bothering you, and half the time they were high on something and That's wanting money. Up. And so, 
again, it's not a place I'd take my family to go visit for vacation. Yeah, and you know, just, well, when you get old, you say not too long ago, and it might mean 15, 20 years ago, but in back my, in your day, back in, in my, my lifetime, day. I've gone down there and spent time walking around downtown at night alone and not thought, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be down here, or these people are, what is going on, you know, it was just, it was kind of interesting to go, there were some, there were some of those people that were working on keeping Austin weird still, and it was kind of entertaining to watch them, but it wasn't anything that I thought, man, if my wife or kids were with me, I would, I would feel that my family was in danger. Well, and that, that typically in the past was, was really kind of, um, limited to kind of the arts districts. Yep. Whereas it's really expanded to most of downtown Austin now. That's terrible. Those things ought not to be in. That's all right. Uh, Governor Abbott is, is, is stepping in. Taking I'm over. glad to see that that our legislature and in that Governor Abbott is following through with. with now, what now saying. the Democrats did sue him since he didn't pay them. Well, they're not finishing their job. I, so I hate to keep mean. going. I hate to keep going back to you being a home builder, but if uh, you got somebody that says, "Hey, I'm going to come frame the house," and they frame. Uh, 50% of it, are you going to pay them? I mean, you may have paid them 50% of it to start it or something, but are you going to go, hey, that's a good job. Here's all the money I said I would pay you for framing the whole thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, I, I do walkthroughs and sign-offs on mine, so, so you have to finish and do a walkthrough, and I have to approve before you're getting a check from me. Well, I guess those Democrats didn't get the sign-off, did they? You no. know, it's funny that the ones that walked Maybe out. Maybe should build jails. What's that? Maybe I should build a jail. <laughs> it's funny that the ones that walked out of their job are the ones that are suing him, and the ones that are paying the price but did their job are just like, yep, y'all shouldn't have walked out. Yeah, because everybody doesn't get paid, not yeah. just the Democrats. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Well, you know, that, that kind of goes along with uh, some of the stuff that we were uh, talking about on our last podcast, we were talking about uh, maybe presidential prospects, and we I think we talked about Abbott and DeSantis, or DeSantis. I'm kind of, the more that, this, the longer this goes on, uh, I'm kind of hoping that uh, Greg Abbott decides he doesn't want to run for president, because I think he probably is able to do, do more, to accomplish more, as uh, as governor than he would be, you know, if he goes, uh, when you go to Washington, you get shut down on so many different fronts, and he's yeah, able to get a lot of. I got to think about it too. One of the other things you really want to think about. So, I think, and it may not matter as much nowadays as it used to, but used to with presidential. Um, nominees when when they were up for election to be president people really looked at them and said all right are you really dominant are you healthy are you you know this and that and so i mean you can take fdr not that not that we liked his policies but look at him he was he hid polio from everybody pretty much for most of his presidency right 
and it's been brought up before, even with like Reagan or, or even now Joe Biden, people are going, you know what? He's old. He has some, some health issues. Right. They may do the same thing with him. Hey, he's in a wheelchair. He has some, some incapacities that may make him look weaker. But I don't know if it's going to matter as much as it used to. I don't, uh, Man, and, and I got nothing but respect for the guy, and I hope that. Uh, oh, yeah, I think he's done a great job at in Texas. I, I, I just don't, don't know if he's going to make it to the presidential round. I don't want this to come to come across sounding wrong. Um, one of the times, I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet him a few times. Um, one of them when I was at the airport here. He didn't. He didn't use any assistance going up or down the stairs and getting on and off the plane. He did it himself. Um, the, the man has a, a disability, obviously, you know, he's, he does. Yeah. He's, he's lost the use of his legs, sadly, but I, I don't think that that, if, heck it, he may have a hundred other health issues, but I don't, I don't know that I would say that that has affected his, his uh well-being long term or whatever well and obviously it didn't affect him much in the in the texas governor's race so or you know it doesn't it hadn't changed, didn't affect his ability to to be the ag for the state either yeah. i'd be interested in saying i mean again i agree with you i don't think he should run i don't i don't think he's going to be the final content i could be I, and and i think it's anybody's guess right now but I think he would bring a lot of good qualities to the to the race. I just, I just the, more in the last uh, week or so, I've thought I I would like I I would like an Abbott presidency. Obviously, he would do things uh, that I didn't like, do things you didn't like. But I think overall, I would like it. I don't I don't want one. I want an, a continued Abbott Abbott <laughs> governorship because I want him well, to stay that's a good here. Point and, too, if he tried to run for that. that I'm assuming he'd give up his office and, you know, he, somebody's going to have to take over for him. I wonder if he'd have, I don't know if he'd have to give up his office or not. I'm not that familiar with uh, how the election law is. I think most of them will give up their office if, if they're, if they're. Did Perry? I can't remember. Yeah. So I want him to stay there. You know, we've got, uh, we got another state, uh, South Dakota. What's her name up there? Noam? Yeah. Governor Noam. I think she today said that she's going to be joining the other states that are sending law enforcement to Texas to help us secure the border. And I think yeah. that may be five states now. Yeah. And, you know, some of that's going to be because the... Well, and Abbott signed a thing today about, uh, uh, and I don't know if it was a memorandum of understanding or if it was a bill or what exactly it was he signed but it had to do with the counties along the border yeah. working in cooperation with the state yeah to secure those borders and to provide funding and manpower and all that stuff he, uh, he declared a disaster down there today but you know uh whatever uh what's that you think he's doing that to see what the federal government will do uh, it could be. A disaster, then I mean, declaring a disaster FEMA. has uh, activates some things in state law, also. Right. So, so he could be doing that. Um, 
You know, what's interesting, Cal- California's not having uh, much better luck with people coming over than we are, but I don't see governors going, hey, we're going to help you secure your border, Governor Knucklehead, or whatever his name is down there. Uh, uh, is it Neil? Is it still, uh, was it uh, Gavin Newsom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. I had successfully forgotten his name, and now I've got it back. <laughs> Well, he's up for recall. I think got, I think they got all the signatures to recall him. Well, he should be recalled. Just because, hey man, him and then that Cuomo man, I I'm just like those guys are. They need some help. They need some help from like people that you and I work with. They need help. So yeah, we've got that going on. I don't want uh, I don't want Abbott to leave. You know, it's funny. I get a lot of you get it. Do you get any of your news and stuff off of Twitter? No, no. You know, a few people do. And uh, I was looking earlier at some research from the from Pew, and ten percent. Is that the bullet manufacturer? <laughs> pew pew. I think so. They also they also do research in polls and such. Oh. And uh, they found that 10% of the adults on Twitter were responsible for 80% of all tweets from U.S. adults. And the most active users produced 92% of all tweets. Hmm. And the funny thing is, of those uh, active users, 92% of them were Democrats. Hmm. So I get on Twitter and I'm... Twitter is a dumpster fire. It, it, it literally, it's a social media dumpster fire, man. It's like a, it's a wreck that you have to look at as you drive by it. It is, it is terrible. But if you know how to sort through it, uh, that's get, where a lot of people get their news and they don't sort. Yeah, well, they should because it's it's horrid. But I was looking at at that and I thought, you know, how much uh, how much do those people validate what they think about things around them based on what these 10% of think about that 10% of the people generate 92% of the tweets. Yeah, I can see that. And so you, that that means you've got 90% of the people out there going, Oh, well look at all that. This is, these are all the things I saw on Twitter today. It must be true. And but you get that on the other social media sites too. So it's not like it's just limited to one. Well, you could go to one where it's not quite like that, but then you're going to get accused of being uh, racist and all kinds of stuff. Hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Yeah, social, social media in general is just, it was cool from probably, I don't know, 2000 to 2010. <laughs> it was neat. It's fun. It's got some useful uses for it, but uh, again, I mean, a lot of people rely on it for their daily intake of news and everything else. Yeah, it got commercialized and politicized, and it just went down the drain. Huh. And on a side note, going back to what we were talking about earlier with Festival Park, I was wondering mm-hmm. where that was. That's uh, that's that park between Kay Yeager and the Ray Climber Exhibit Hall. Isn't that just like a pasture? Yeah, and then it's got a little park area and some some 
some benches and they cleared it off. It basically goes from those areas all the way back to the river and then all the way over to where that little uh, Hutter and Hill. Oh, okay. Is. Oh, I didn't know that it had actually been identified as a park. I was just kind of thought it yeah, was. Yeah, that's where it's at. Well, that's cool, everybody. Y'all heard that. Now you know where you can go. The salsa competition might be a little tempting for me to yeah. go down there. Oh, I've been great. known to eat a tortilla chip or two with some salsa. With gallons of salsa. Yes. I'll go up and they'll hand me some little... I'll go down there and they'll hand me a little uh, plastic thing with like one dip of salsa in it. I'll be like, I need a pitcher. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. That's pretty good thunder just had here. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't rain too much. Well... I remember looking Sunday and seeing that we pretty much had like 70 and above percent uh, through Wednesday, if I remember. I watched the 6 o'clock and they showed uh, 60% for tomorrow and then it went down to 30 and 40% for the rest of the week. Oh, well, that's not too bad. But I got my mowing done. That's good. Everybody must get mowed. Every yard must get mowed eventually. What else going on in the news? Oh man, let me. Well, what about know, the con I've been watching the condo. Not that's local, but that's quick. interesting because I'm interesting. This I'm interested to see how that affects um, building codes and things of that nature. Usually, when you have a big event like that, something is going to change. Right. Although I was shocked to find out that they only do uh, inspections on those buildings every forty years. Yeah, I would have that thought that would have been like every, every five years. Or 10 even, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, that's 40 years is a long time. seems like to me, like, can you really have the, in a structure like that, can you really have a lot of degradation in five years? I mean, maybe you can. Yeah. I mean, I used to have to travel there for work a lot to Florida and you could feel the salt on your body. <laughs> so, well, I yeah, there's that if you were a building just there. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Well, San Francisco Bay Area has the most expensive gas in the country. There's Shocking. that from San Francisco Gate. Hey, and they had a big heat wave today. I heard. Yeah, the whole entire uh, that whole entire coast, all the western part of the like they had Texas weather. Yeah, yeah, and we're sitting here in the 80s, and I'm kind of thinking. It's about time y'all experience some of this. That that would be interesting if, uh, and I don't know how it would do that with the with them being on the coast, but that'd be interesting if they turned into the really hot states in the Midwest, Texas up through Nebraska or whatever, stayed cool during the summer. Mm -hmm. That would require some major climate change, I guess. There is this from the San Francisco Chronicle. Since we were talking about Austin, Californians are fueling Austin's housing frenzy. Yep. Oh my goodness. The metro area of Austin grows by 180 people every single day. I can see that, yeah. And it's been accelerated by Bay Area giants like Apple, Facebook, Google, and Tesla that are all hiring in Austin. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's not necessarily a bad thing right. long term. Well, it is if they bring their politics. 
Yeah, but if you read a lot of studies, most people moderate toward the political views of the state. Yeah, but if, man, 180 people a day, you could move here and bring your entire social circle with you and never have to be exposed to the prevailing political views. Yeah, but you will be. Well, Unless you, you create a compound and live in it <laughs> and never go outside. True. Well, and hopefully uh, things like the governor going, um, stepping in and taking over law enforcement, having the state pick up the slack when the city's being stupid, maybe that will uh, reinforce some of the fact that we are a law and order state. Everybody needs to enjoy their freedom to have firearm silencers but they need to do it in a lawful manner. Well, we talked about that too. And I saw where, uh, I think I sent you in, was that an op-ed or was it, it might've just been an article. It was a, I think it was an article by, it may, well, it was definitely opinion. I don't know if it was officially labeled an op-ed, but it was an opinion piece by a, yeah. a guy that was somehow affiliated with the NRA is what I understood. Yeah. And so he had brought up other cases in other states where, um, people had used that law, the same law that Texas just signed in, which said as long as you buy, say, a suppressor in Texas and use it in Texas and don't take it out of state, then you don't have to get a fair, federal firearms or, or federal uh, tax stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Tax stamp for your, your silencer or suppressor. And I think his point was that that didn't work out too well for some of those people, right? Right. What happened in, I don't remember what state it was. I'll say Kentucky because I think that was it, but I could be wrong. But uh, what happened is um, a seller and a buyer completed a transaction in the state. Afterwards, the federal government found out and essentially um, pressed charges and convicted the two of, of failing to uh, follow with federal law. And so the, the, the article is the guy basically saying, hey, even though Texas made that a law that you could do that, I still wouldn't do it because there's a federal law that says you can't. Yeah, and you know, one of, the, one of the things that struck me when I read it was he agreed with all the reasoning behind that law, and he agreed that you shouldn't have to, to have a stamp. The way I read it, you shouldn't, he agreed that you shouldn't need a federal stamp if you're using an in-state firearm and it's an in-state silencer or suppressor, and you're using it in that same state. He agreed with that, but then he still took the position of, yeah, even though that's all right, maybe we shouldn't do it, which that's, that might be a little bit of the, uh, might be a little bit of cowardliness that we see in uh, conservatives that we need to get away from and just go, you know what, I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's got risk with it. But probably those guys I talked about earlier, Washington, Franklin, Jefferson, I think they may have taken a little bit of risk at one point in their life, maybe to make us not have to be subjects to a crown. They wouldn't know what a silencer is either. So, no, they would know what a cannon is. Yeah, and they yeah. would know that private citizens, contrary to Joe Biden, they would know that private citizens could have cannons. Right, or F-16s. I don't know if you saw that where he's when he was talking about F-16s and the 
and the nuclear weapons that he, I guess he That's plans right. to use those on American patriots in, in his I, words. I, I did uh, add an F-16 to my list of things to buy. Well, you know, the Constitution talks about uh, Congress paying privateers, and those were private <laughs> citizens with uh, ships of war. And so... But the Brits it, did that too. It's Yeah, so but, it's but the, point, the point is... Not only can you go, yeah, private citizens could have cannons, they could have entire warships, and the Constitution itself references that. So for him to go, well, you couldn't have weapons of war. Uh, yeah, you could. Fact check, Mr. Biden. <laughs> you could have. And if you would read that Constitution you were talking about, you might understand that. Did you also see today about the Supreme Court? Are you talking about where they uh, rejected a case? Yeah, I found that interesting because that kind of goes, the other case they rejected on that topic was one from the other direction. Yeah. And so they uh, decided to not take up a case for a, chan it's a it was a, a transgender rights case. Right. They left in, in place a lower court's ruling um, for a Virginia public school board uh. where the kid didn't get to use the bathroom he wanted to use. Mm. And the court said, you gotta let it. Uh -huh. You gotta let it. Him, her. Some folks call that transgender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised. You know, Thanks, some of Carl. the... Carl Silvers. Some of the reasoning on that was uh, kind of understandable. You know, that's a... That would be a difficult position to be in, to be a, I mean, to be a Supreme Court justice. And that's the lower, lower courts heard it. That your job right, is to, they your don't job set, is to make decisions that affect the country. Right. And, and, and apply the rule of law. Some of what I saw for their reasoning, I kind of understood it to be that they're like, this is still a situation that we don't have our heads entirely around. And so it would be inappropriate for us to make a decision right now. I just, well, that's fine if they don't make I, a decision, but they shouldn't say, no, we're not going to take it. Well, that's, if they take it, job. they have to make a decision. When you go, when you go to work and decide, Hey, uh, I'm going to go to work, but then I'm not going to do my job today. Well, that's part of their, they get, that's part of their job is deciding which, which cases they hear. And, you know, they didn't overturn it. So it still stands for that, whatever, uh, uh, appeals court area that that court covers, but. Right. But it, at the same time, it sets, even though it had already set a precedent, it left that precedent standing. But, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect, like it doesn't affect us. Texas does not have to it abide could. by it. Texas doesn't have to abide by that ruling because they're not in that that appeals court. Now, they don't. Another, what if, another what case, if another appeals court, another case could go to the Fifth Circuit. You know, when the Fifth Circuit would affect Texas, but it could go to the Fifth Circuit and they could go, "Hey, this other court found that had this finding," and they could reference that. But that's not it's not binding on them, and there are there are different issues where the fifth circuit has made a ruling that uh, typically doesn't agree with something that the ninth circuit has made. And so 
they're in conflict until the Supreme Court takes a case. And mm-hmm. and maybe by maybe by rejecting that they're gonna allow the different parts of the country to have their own precedent for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't like that idea. You don't like what idea? The different parts of the country should be a little bit different? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I'm kind of surprised by that. I'm All okay right. with that. I want Texas to be Texas. I don't want Texas to be California, New York, Maine. But I don't want to go visit New York and go, well, I don't either. bathroom I have to use now because they got weird signs that aren't man and woman. Well, just stop it with the, I don't want to go visit New York and leave it there. That's true. I don't want to go visit New York. I mean, think about your trip to California. It was wonderful. That's right. But what if they didn't have bathrooms for you? What if they just had one bathroom for everybody? If, if, if at the time my daughter was 12. Yeah. And if their bathroom rules were that a man could go in the same bathroom as her, we wouldn't have gone. Or I would have gone and probably ended up in a California jail. Because <laughs> oh. that's just, it's that simple. So see, why wouldn't you want the whole, uh, the whole country to think that way? Well, because I don't necessarily, people don't have to think the same way I think. But I want, I want to be able to live in an area where the way I think is okay well there you go but but see it's not okay if you go to california you know and and here's the weird thing about that whole that whole situation if you started building male female other bathrooms they people wouldn't be satisfied with that they would (laughs) demand that i an anatomical male i demand that i be allowed to use the female restroom you know, it's kind of, and I know that I think you sent it to me. What was it? You can't, uh, I find it interesting. People that don't have a uterus can't have an, it's, I thought of abortion when I saw that. If you don't have a uterus, you can't speak anything about abortion, but you can compete in women's sports. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, wow. Yeah, that's where we're at. Yep. But you know what? If, if they wanted to go, hey, male, female, other for the bathroom, that's okay. But I but... think it's a bigger issue. I think it's a bigger issue that needs to be handled by the Supreme Court. It does, but in a lot of time, there's a there's a saying that I've heard they... from attorneys that bad cases make bad case law. There may be some things about that case that they're like, uh, we do not want this particular little, I mean, we don't want this particular little part of that case to be used as an established case law. Cause it may, it may have one little thing with it. That's totally wrong. De- depending on which side of the argument you're on, it may have one thing that you're just like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't need to be case law. And so they'll reject it for that too, because then they set precedent on something that's a, a, a piece of garbage. It is the a first time they've done that. It is a case that they'll, uh, well, not a case. It is a topic they're, I mean, shamefully and sadly, it's a topic that they're going to eventually have to address. 
And like I said, I disagree. I think that stuff when I was younger, it was called gender dysphoria. It was a mental illness. Um, you know, maybe we need uh, schizophrenic bathrooms. I don't know, <laughs> but but it's a it's a shame that we're at that situation. But if if we're like, hey, we're gonna accept this weird these weird perversions, then give them their own bathroom, and they can go in there and do what they want. But especially for, I sound like a Democrat now. It's about the kids. It's for the children. You don't need your children going into. You don't need your daughters going into a bathroom where grown men are going to be in there. Well, man. I mean, come on. But then the opposite side of that case is you're right. They're going to argue that that that's yeah, separate that but equal isn't a thing. I was going to say yeah, they're going to yep. equate it to a civil rights law. Well, that's their trick. But equal. They take they take a real and egregious situation that actually occurred and apply it to I want to wallow in my sin. And it's not the same thing. There's that. All right. I almost feel like I could get a little bit fired up and start being a little bit preachy about that topic if we stayed on it very long. <laughs> well, we only had the day's news story for the Supreme Court. So I disagreed with them. I thought they should have taken it up. But you're uh, right. Maybe there's a reason they didn't. We'll see. Well, that's what that when I saw it, I because I I know I mean there's not a I guarantee you there's not a a justice on that court that thinks that's a situation or uh, a way of thinking or anything else that's going to go away and they know they're going to have to address it so there must have been something in that particular case that they were like no this will this will uh, open all kinds of doors or close all kinds of doors that we don't want to if we if we hear this one. That's my thinking anyway. Um, I saw something about the vaccines, and I am trying to remember it. Hmm. I saw a story that I liked about the new ICBMs. Have you seen that one? Uh-uh. Everybody likes ICBMs. We're going to uh, we're gonna replace our nuclear warhead, our land-based nuclear missiles, with a new system. Are they still going to be nuclear? Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. But we're getting rid of the Minuteman 3 missiles that we've had since the 70s. I was going to say, the, I, I remember having a poster on my wall that had a Minuteman, like one of the original, you know, turn of the, or the mm-hmm. new dawn of the new country Minuteman with the little cool looking hat mm-hmm. and a musket. It had him on one side and it had... Uh, inter- an ICBM on the other side and it said Minuteman and then it was like a wow yeah that was from when I was a kid so you talk about a preventative maintenance program keeping those things ready well, that's what they, for they 50 said years it, well in the next 10 years it will cost 25 million dollars to keep the Minutemen up to date and maintained and all that well and given everybody <laughs> you know the other co- other countries have stepped up their game with missiles, so it's, prob- it's probably time. Yep. And we, I think we used to rely on just the sheer number of missiles that we would lob at somebody, and, and they've been cutting that back. 
So oh, they said we had 440 active ICBM yeah, land based land based ICBMs. That's not including B two bombers, B one bombers, or subs or any of that. I think at one point in time, uh, we may have had something on the order of thousands, and I may be wrong, but back then. Uh, okay, well, I went to look for it, and one of the <laughs> one of the returns was the American ICB Pro ICBM program, U.S. National Park Service. Maybe I don't want to go to any national parks. <laughs> huh? Look, it's Old Faithful. No, that's a Minuteman, son, and he's going to see Mr. Khrushchev. We did have more because they were selling the, uh, they were selling the old uh, bunkers and stuff that the ICBMs were in. Yeah, we used to have a bunch of them. And what was that? The salt treaties that uh, yeah we cut them down drastically. Well, you know, I grew up thinking uh, in my childhood. I grew up thinking that uh, nuclear annihilation. Mutually assured destruction was probably going to be the end of the world. And uh, I think kids these days now think it's probably wanting to be a uh, normal person is going to be the end of the world. Here we go. Twenty twenty three will be the first test flights for the new ICBM. Nice. I wonder how they're gonna test those. Probably shoot them up in the air and see if they come back down. <laughs> okay, well we, we nuked Mars. Let's try again. All right. Well, you know, this uh oh my gosh, this month has been <laughs> a ridiculous month and it's it's uh i don't see nearly as many ads on on my twitter as i used to um because every time when i've seen an ad that has a rainbow flag on it and it doesn't mm -hmm. honor all seven colors of the rainbow as the promise intended i just block that advertiser and my twitter feed's almost ad free now all right. Yeah. The ones I do see are just like, it's like maybe a uh, shaving cream company that is like, try our shaving cream. As opposed to, you know, a computer uh, SD card manufacturer that's like, our cards make you happier and more equal. <laughs> well, that's good. Do they keep my data safe? Dude, it's, it has been an hour. It has been. It has been an hour on this one. Well, I think uh, I think we're about good on this one. I think you're right. I think, uh, have we talked much about local politics? I think last week I did my little rant on the uh, county commissioner. I mean, you did that, and I know that today I complained about my road a little bit, and I need to, I need to take care of that. That's on me, but... Maybe we should talk about local politics because I got to tell you, the more 
strange and unusual that things seem to get. Mm-hmm. I think I'm starting to think probably local politics are far more important than uh, national politics. Really? Yeah, because I I see in the future uh, things kind of. I'm going to say devolving, although I don't necessarily know that kind of has a connotation of things going in reverse and like maybe a little bit of a negative thing, like as in lesser, but I don't think it's lesser, but I, I may see things starting to devolve to the local, mm. uh, local politics as, as we become more uh, fractured in, our, in nationally. Yeah. The way, you know, I'm a, I'm a dude and see this beard. I work on it a little bit, but there are places where I could go, no, I'm a bearded lady and I need to go use the bathroom. And I think as we become more fractured nationally, I think our local politics and the, the ability for local politicians to go, you know what? That's not right. And I don't care what you say. We're not doing it. I think that's going to become extremely important in the next, probably the, over the next decade. So maybe we I need, agree. Maybe we need to talk about local politics in the next episode or the one after that or sometime soon. Let's do it. And before we leave, if you're still listening, I'm going to assume that you either found this uh, podcast very funny or you found it informative or at least interesting. And I would hope that you would share it with people if you have an idea of something you want us to cover or talk about, please get on. If you have a Facebook account, get on Facebook and look up Chad and Derek Talk Politics mostly and send us a message. And I'm not going to guarantee you'll talk. we'll talk about it, but we probably will. And you may or may not like what we have to say about it. I don't know. But do that. Share this. And uh, Chad, you got anything you want to say? That's it. Go out and enjoy your uh, celebration of freedom on the 4th of July. That's it, and I agree. Thank you for that. We live, regardless of how bad things are, we live in the most awesome country that's ever existed on the face of the planet Earth. And God bless America.